Hi there. Welcome to episode 79. Let's get physical. I'm happy to have you here with me as always, and I hope you've enjoyed the practice of increasing your awareness around where your mind goes. I covered three different common areas of the mind and where it takes us away from the now. Some of the things related to storytelling and the hamster wheel, how we might keep picking that same book off the shelf or running that loop in the hamster wheel over and over again. I also covered spoken word, how what we think will sometimes come out of our mouth and is it wrapped around judgment, comparison, or even gossip and how all those things take us away from the now, but also from authentic connection. And the third area was the mind lapse, how our minds will convince us to get wrapped into unhealthy habits or start new unhealthy habits and also take us away from the now and the experience of what a healthy habit might look like. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the body. Remember, even with the tools that we went over last week and the information about the mind, everything is connected. You'll find that today's episode, as well as last week's and the next two are all linked together. They're actually part of a course that I taught live last year for the Serenity Wellness community. And I just decided to kind of flip it over onto here because, well, we all need some wellness right now. I encourage you to listen to them all as you'll find that they all kind of fit together like a puzzle piece, kind of like we do as humans, right? You can also head over to my YouTube channel and watch these if the video format's more helpful for you. Enjoy. To start with the body today, just start with taking a moment. Just join me for a moment in checking on your body. You can close your eyes for this or you can open them, whatever feels comfortable. And we'll only be doing this for just a few moments. But maybe start at the top of your head and just notice. Are you holding tension? Sometimes we'll hold tension behind our eyes or the brows, right in between. We might even hold tension back behind our ears or even heavy tension by clenching our jaw. And just simply notice for a moment if you have any of those areas that you're holding tension. And if you do, perhaps gently, just releasing. It might even feel a little uncomfortable in the release. And then go a little further, check in on your shoulders, the back of your neck, maybe even following your spine and noticing if there's certain areas in your back that you're also holding tension. That lower back is a common area as well. And when we hone in and we notice if we're holding tension there, you can almost feel a little tenderness there, like a soreness without even touching it. Maybe your arms are even holding some tension. Or you might even feel tightness or heaviness in your chest area. Sometimes we'll even clench our hands into a tight fist or even a gentle one. And again, if you notice you're holding any tension in those areas, maybe just giving yourself permission in this moment to just gently release. And then check a little further, see if maybe your stomach is feeling tightened, holding tension, holding stress. 
in your waist and legs, your knees, shins, and ankles, and sometimes even the arches of our feet or our toes. We may be gripping our toes and not even realize it. And just simply noticing and then maybe allowing yourself to add a little softness there. You can even picture the earth below you, gently taking your tension away. So that was just a quick little body scan. And again, you could have your eyes open or closed for that, but it was just a moment of let me check in and let me see how my body is. We will often move through our day very disengaged and not noticing any of those areas. We might be clenching our jaw through the day, holding our shoulders up with lots of tension and not have awareness around it kind of being a little bit disconnected from ourself. When we're tapped out or we're moving through life a little dreamy and disconnected, it can actually cause harm to our body. Not only with that tension that you just kind of might have found in your own body, the tension in itself creates a lot. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when I go over emotions next week. But when we're holding tension, just real quick, I'll tell a little bit about it. When we're holding tension in our body like that, it's like we're almost signaling to the body system that it's getting ready to put out a fire or there's a crisis that is looming around the corner that we're just kind of preparing for or maybe even going to have communication later with someone. We're almost like prepping the body to be anxious or to be defensive and we are moving through the day that way. And that affects a lot inside. If you just think about maybe your own experience when you might have noticed that you've done that, we've all done it. I mean, I've been working in mental health for over 20 years and I myself do some of the things that I talk about. I'm not as much in a loop uh, because I have a lot of awareness around it. I've also been meditating for 20 some years. So that increases a lot of awareness, but I could still find myself in some of these things. So a tool that I'll teach you at the end of today will be helpful in some of what we're talking about, but just know that it's natural. It's normal that we do these things. It's just the more we're aware of them, the more it helps again, the whole system, because when we're doing holding tension and everything it does inside it again, like fire hydrants, like we're on fire or there's a crisis about to happen, but also the emotion and where the emotions go with that when we're holding the tension. It can even create like foggy mind, all kind of stuff. So just being aware of how we're holding tension, how we can let go of tension and how we can move through our day. It factors into a lot of other areas because when we're not aware of any of that, it means we're not aware of the more subtle things that are happening in the body. You know, when you spend a moment and you notice that you're clenching your jaw or you're holding your shoulders up and you notice it, you could feel it. You know, it's, we have aches and pains, headaches for some people even, uh, lots of things. You know, we can feel it if we notice that we're holding muscle tension. But when we're not noticing that, we're not noticing the subtler ways, the subtler response system that our body has that is an amazing resource for us. 
body knows so much. And when we're not tuned in, don't get to hear it, experience it, or know the knowledge that it holds. Things like if we're thirsty, if we're hungry, if we're full, those are so common. They're common areas that we are not aware of because we're not even aware when we're holding tension, let alone if we're thirsty. I mean, there's a whole, I'm probably thirsty right now. I know this as I'm talking, but there's a whole market on it, right? Water bottles, there's like an app you can buy to make sure you're drinking enough water because we're in a tap out of self society right now that we can't even tell if we're thirsty. But also with hunger, people will, it's like there's the in-between, but I'm talking about the ends of the spectrum here. Sometimes people will not even realize they're hungry or they'll keep themselves so busy that they don't realize they ate. And then they get into starvation where they'll, it'll be like later in the afternoon or even sometimes early evening before someone will eat something. And then they're like ravaging, (laughs) like, you know, and it's usually like sugar carbs, like stuff my face with sugar carbs because the body is like, hello, give me something, please. So we won't notice when we're hungry or we don't notice when we're full. We'll eat so fast that we don't notice that we're not hungry anymore, or we'll we'll emotionally eat where it's not even about being hungry. We're just trying to eat something else, the emotions, and that usually doesn't work out too well in the long run. So when we're tapped out, we don't notice these other subtler things that are there to communicate with us. And not only those areas of basic needs like hunger, thirst, but also we don't notice when we're raising our emotions. When we're maybe down here initially, and then we're not paying attention as our body tension's rising, as our adrenaline is spiking, as our breath is moving up to chest breath. And now we're all the way up to the top of the ladder with our emotions. And we didn't realize how we got there. So something like check-ins that I'll talk about again when we get through the tools, it's training the system in a lot of ways, like some of the subtle awareness that our body brings and gives us. Another area to consider when we're thinking about the body and catching ourselves, where we're kind of getting in our own way, we're not maybe fully embracing what we know to be true for us, is movement. Body needs movement. And it doesn't have to be like you're doing a 5K or you're going to the gym or you're doing, I don't remember what it's called, some like high intense gym thing. I'm not going to waste time trying to find it in my brain. But you're not, it's not about that kind of movement. That's fine for, for individuals who enjoy that kind of movement, but it doesn't have to be that kind of movement to be movement. We could take a five minute walk. We can park two blocks away from where we're going to go instead of right out front of the door. Give yourself a little bit extra and it's creating movement. It could be a small walk, walking from room to room in your home even, a bike ride, yoga, anything that you're just doing a little bit of movement. It doesn't have to be something extravagant. Dancing, dance around the little space that you're in. It doesn't even have to be a large space, right? Just turn on your favorite music and start moving your body. And so often we know the benefits this brings us. We know that if we slow down and we don't have movement and we get into stagnation, our joints will start 
hurting. We'll find we go up a flight of stairs and we're like, oh my goodness, I'm so winded. Or we'll go up a slight hill and we find that all our body aches and is sore when maybe if we had a, just a little bit of movement, we could walk up that little bit of stairs without as much soreness. And I know some of us do have, you know, more elevated situations in our health that even stairs could be something that you can't do. And that's okay. You know, small movements, even walking from one room to the other, when we feel like I just want to sit on the couch, it's getting the body movement moving. That is going to help with joint aches and pains. When we're just staying stagnant, it's like everything gets um, coarse, sandpapery when it starts moving until it starts getting some movement. And again, we'll know the benefits and we'll even maybe create a plan. So we'll maybe say, decide to go on, I'll just say like 20 minute walks. Say we decide to go on 20 minute walks for two weeks and we start noticing that it feels good. We might have increased energy, focus, less brain fog, less of those aches and pains. We find that we're not as winded after maybe week one. And then we go through week two and we're like, wow, this feels good. You know, maybe we're noticing just like differences in even our body. And then we're moving into week three and we're really feeling a great rhythm here. And then we're like, all right, done. And we give it up. So we'll have a plan. We'll do the plan. We feel great in the plan. And then we're like, all right, I'm finished. But what creates that? It's different for everybody. So you have to slow it down and look in self. But what, what creates that? What makes us deny healthy habits when we even get to feel and experience the outcome? And we might stay looped in unhealthy habits that get in the way of the things that actually make us feel good. And I don't mean the temporary feel good that unhealthy habits create. Some common ones that get in the way of this movement cycle and the, you know, what makes us stop. Again, it's different for everyone, but just the language, you know, thought, spoken word, internal, external, doesn't matter. But some of the things that we might tell ourselves are we don't have enough time, we're too busy, it's going to take too long, I'm just too tired. And then the never ending, we'll do it tomorrow. So you might find other ones outside of those for sure, but those are common ones that I hear a lot from, from people. Another area to consider when you're thinking about physical body is action. Kind of has to do a little bit like the movement. And you can think of movement in action just kind of tweaking it a little bit to mean something a tiny bit different, not really, but kind of. So with the action part of the physical body, you can think about, so when I was talking about movement, it was like health movement, right? And with action, it taps in a little bit to the procrastination, the things that we put off and we don't take action on, even little tiny things, and then they build up. And again, if we're tapped out, if we're like, ah, dream world up in our mind, not really paying attention to self, we don't even realize lack of action, how the pile, the pile, the pile starts getting larger and larger. And then we step back further and further from the action. When you're thinking of action, you can find categories in your life that you notice that you tend to put off and think of just small things. It doesn't have to be something large. 
just like the exercise or movement part it doesn't have to be the gym. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. That was the thing that was I was trying to find in my brain. It doesn't have to be something like that. It could be anything that creates little pockets of movement. Same thing with action. Anything that's creating little pockets of movement in action where we might find that we overestimate the time or energy that it takes us to do things, or that's another place that, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow is next week. And then time, time's a whole nother topic, but I'm just going to leave it there. Life um, moves, right? Like nothing is stagnant. It's movement is happening. And so we're like, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow becomes next week. And then suddenly it's a month later. And then we feel defeated. And now our pile is so high. Like, where do I begin? So small steps in action. And I'm going to give you an example or two when I get to the tools part of that. We have the mind part that we talked about last week. And now we're talking about the physical body. How to stay present in physical body for awareness. Thinking about muscle tension, where you're holding it. Increasing awareness around that. You want to be thinking about the ideas of movement starting to think a little bit about this action part of things. And then when you're also thinking about physical body, you want to be aware of our nonverbals. Verbal communication is just a tiny part of our communication. It's important for sure. Words are important. And clarifying and offering openness and communication is a vital part of connection. But also, nonverbals are just as important. Over 70% of our communication is nonverbal. So you can be aware of how are you in your physical body when you're communicating and connecting with others. Not only are facial expressions, but how are you posturing? How are you holding yourself? Are you closed behind a brick wall? Are you maybe guarded so you have a suit of armor on? Or maybe you are open and open in a comfortable and safe way. Or maybe you're very closed off, defensive, and anxious. It could be a lot of different things. But how are you presenting your physical body when you're communicating and connecting? If we are having our arms crossed and we're kind of hunched in and we're talking to somebody. It's not really a posture of openness, of engagement, of wanting to hear what the person says. If we are squared off in our body from the person, so maybe shoulders at them, again, it's not really openness in body language to communication. We don't have to be face on, face on. That might be too open. That might create a little uncomfortableness. So we can have a little bit of a turn to our body. But if we're like completely sideways, the person might not feel that you're very present with them. Or if we are kind of uh, posturing, right? I'm tiny. <laughs> My postures don't really intimidate. I'm like five, two and a half. I give myself half, but you know, um, we can posture in a way that shows dominance or control or intimidation. That's not maybe going to offer openness. So think of body language, how you're presenting, how you're posturing, when you're connecting and communicating. One last area that I wanna talk about before I get into the tools for today. And it's kind of a big one that I'm gonna to try to squeeze into a little tiny sliver here. But it is what do you absorb? 
into your physical body, being mindful of what you're bringing in because it will impact every part of you, your thoughts, your physical body, your emotions, and also the spiritual part of self. When you're thinking of absorption, certainly food, which I'm gonna pause for a second and get back to, but think of the other things as well. What are you bringing in through what you watch, what you listen to, what you hang around, people, places, things? Be mindful of what they look like in your life and all the awareness that we're building. What does it create in thought? What does it create in emotion? And what does it create even in your physical body? Do you notice increased tension? Do you notice that you're more fatigued or tired, more anxious, more pumped up, angry, even rageful, wanting to lash out in some way? What are you absorbing through eyes, through ears, through your senses? And how does it impact your full self? Our senses are involved in everything we do, and it can impact us in a lot of ways that we might not be aware of until we slow down and we get to see and we get to hear and we get to feel. So be mindful of what you're absorbing. Slow down enough to be aware of the impact it has and have enough self-love and compassion to be selective of what you choose. What do you choose to bring in to yourself in all ways? Allow yourself to bring in the things that create balance and harmony within and know that it is healthy to have boundaries around those things that do not. When you're thinking of food, it's a big topic and I'm just gonna cover a little tiny slice of it right now. Food is medicine. The food you eat will impact your mind, will impact your body, will impact your emotions, and it can even impact our connection and spirituality. That will be week four. I'll talk more about that. Think of food as medicine. What are you taking in to your body? How does it make you feel? Are you ignoring, tapping out from your own body's signal of what it wants you to bring in and what it does not? Do you ignore when you're bloated, when you have digestive problems, when you might even have increased foggy mind, tiredness, anxiety, or depression even, after eating certain foods? Did you know that certain foods can actually create an emotional reaction when our body doesn't want it? Things like anxiety and depression, the bloating, the gurgling in the stomach, the sore joints, increase in arthritic pain. Believe it or not, it can have to do with some of the food you are also putting into your body. Are you eating for your tongue or are you eating for your body? So often we will eat more for the tongue. I mentioned sugar last week and then I gave more of the example related to alcohol, but sugar is a huge one. It creates a lot of unhealthy spirals in the body. It is highly, highly addictive and in so many foods. Many people will have a desire to stop sugar intake and then they find themselves eating lots of sugar. It's really hard to stop sugar. 
you go through a pretty significant withdrawal for a couple days, sometimes weeks. But man, on the other side, it feels quite nice. But we don't pay attention. We tap out or we think, eh, it's just a stomach ache. Well, it's just bloating. I'll be fine. It's your body telling you something. Not all foods work for all people. Even some vegetables don't do well for some people. And we think like, well, they're vegetables. They're healthy. Of course, they are healthy. But it doesn't mean all body types work for all foods. We're all our own individual. Pay attention to you. Listen to your body. It knows a whole lot. Just allow yourself to have the guide. Food as medicine. And be mindful of what you're eating. The more further away you get from natural plant-based foods, the higher impact it will have on your body. If you're going through fast food, I don't even want to say their name on here. Fast food, pay attention to your body. So I want to move into the tools and I'm just going to kind of start right here with food as medicine since I'm on it right now. If you are aware that you have some of those things that I talked about in terms of outcome with what the body is trying to tell you with food. So say like the bloating, the muscle aches and pains and joint pain is a huge one. Many, many people experience it with certain foods and they don't realize that it's impacting them, but like, why am I so sore? Why am I so achy? And bypass, bypass. Uh, high inflammatory foods, you want to be on the lookout for if they're impacting you. When you're thinking of yourself, if you notice some of those things that I mentioned there, or maybe some others for you, headaches are another common one, increase in migraines. With it though, say you have like a suspect food. I'm going to use my as an example. That's a hard one. Uh, for many people. Tomatoes can be high inflammatory for some people. Say, for example, you have a little bit of a suspicion that you're getting aches, pains, joint stiffness anytime you have tomatoes, or I'll use two examples, or you notice that after having anything milk-based, you have a lot of bloating, a lot of digestive problems, maybe you're even in the bathroom a lot. So that's another common one. So just use those two as an example or, you know, pluck one from your own mind. But you have like your suspect, you know, like, oh, I think something's going on here. What you'd want to do is eliminate that food completely for about three weeks. Sometimes some food takes quite a while to get out of the body. It's not just a one or two day thing. And the body has to completely detox whatever it is, whatever that food is. So give it up completely for three weeks. And then you can reintroduce it slowly and you're going to notice if your body wants it. If you have a high reaction to it, it's most likely that your body does not want that food. I gave fast food as an example. If you give up fast food for three weeks, I don't like to guarantee things because nothing's 100% in life, right? But there's a pretty high, 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 high percentage <laughs> that if you give up fast food for three weeks and you eat it, then you're going to be in the bathroom a lot. Your body's going to be like, what the heck, man? I just feeling so good. What are you trying to get me? So give yourself awareness around your food, how your body's feeling. If you have a suspect food item, let yourself take that out for three weeks and see what it's like to reintroduce it. We can cut something out and then when we reintroduce it, our body's like, well, what are you doing? 
So slow it down and listen to your body. Let it be the guide. And again, if you have something suspect, cut it out for at least three weeks, slowly introduce it again. Some other tools. One of the first areas we talked about today was the body awareness around tension buildup. What you can do with this in terms of a tool is first notice what your hot spots are. Notice where you tend to hold. If you have a dog, I think cats might have this too. I don't have a cat, but uh, dogs, right? They have a hot spot and they want to keep like licking it. Well, same with our body tension. We have like our hot spots that our body is like, it's the go-to. It's where we tend to hold our tension as the first kind of primary place to go. We might have a couple places, but you know, we, we, our body tends to get in a rhythm. So notice where your hot spot is or hot spots. Where do you hold your tension? And then second part of noticing your hot spots is also awareness around where you're at. Like, what are you doing? What's going on in life? And then create check-ins around the what are you doing part. So you might be driving, you might be thinking. Sometimes if I'm thinking, like if I'm creating something or I'm writing something, I tend to clench my jaw. So I, I know that to be a check-in for me. Or you might be falling asleep. We can tend to have some tension buildup when we're trying to relax, a little counter, you know, counterintuitive to what we're trying to do, but the body can go there. So that could be a check-in part. It might be when you're about to have a conversation or when you're in a conversation you know, maybe we're trying to like slow down so that we're not interrupting or we're, our emotions are up here and we don't want to be reactive. We're trying to slow down. Well, now we might check in and notice like we're clenching, we're holding, we're posturing, we're doing all kinds of things. So you can notice like where your hot spots are and create a couple check-ins through your day. Things you're already doing. It doesn't have to be elevated things. Just notice things you're already doing that are even at low levels. This is all training. You're training your system and it's more prepared in every day of what else is happening. When you're training your system, you're more secure and safe in your whole body system so that as life is elevating sometimes, we're not tapping out. We're like, okay, let me stay in self. Let me stay in my body. This is how I'm going to regulate. Otherwise, we're, we're doing all kind of other stuff and where are we? We don't know sometimes, right? So create some check-ins of where your hotspots are. Another area that I want to kind of first get back to with food real quick, because it kind of has to do with movement and action, it's movement and eating. When we're thinking about how we, we move and move and move and how it's talking about the physical body and sometimes we're not aware of when we're hungry or when we're full. So this is about that full part. We will eat really fast sometimes or will mindlessly eat. We might have a whole bag of something in front of us if you're like a snacker or bowl of ice cream. I don't know, whatever you like to snack on. And then you're snacking and snacking and suddenly you finish like the whole bag and you're not even aware of it. Or you're eating dinner and you're eating it so quick that it could start to cause even indigestion or we're like really full when we're done eating that we're like so sluggish because we miss the mark of, you know, when we're even full. Mindful eating is really slowing down enough to mindfully eat your food, to taste your food, to have the right 
portion. So if you are a snacker, get a separate container instead of just getting the bags or whatever you're snacking on so that you have a smaller portion and you're not just blindly eating. If you're a really fast eater, you can start by eating with the opposite hand. It will slow you down. So you can do things to just, again, it's a training you're training, you're training your body. And when you do this training, it fills out into all these other areas of life. It's when you're mindfully eating, it's going to help with the awareness that we were talking about around food. With the movement part in terms of body movement, you can consider some of the areas uh, or things that I had mentioned of movement options or coming up with your own, but remembering that it could just be small chunks of five minutes, you know, five minutes here and there throughout your day. You want to get more than five minutes in your day of movement, but it could be small chunks of five minutes if that's all that feels like you could do right now. And then maybe you build it up a little bit more. But movement can even be making sure to incorporate stretches in your day, especially right when you wake up, whenever that is for you. If you, before you get up from whatever you're laying on to sleep, stretch your body, stretch your arms, stretch your legs. It's like you're giving your body just this freedom of stretch. <laughs> you know, it, it just like, it, it brings so much more to the body when you're stretching. It like increases the oxygen level and all that kind of stuff to the cells. I won't get into this whole side thing, but even something like that, just I'm going to practice stretching every morning or when, afternoon, evening, whenever you wake up. I know we all have different sleep habits, but I'm going to stretch before I get up and move. I'm gonna stretch when I lay down to go to bed. Creating just a little bit of a habit, even if it's around something small. The action part of movement, you can start again training. I've talked before in other courses about the under one minute rule. If you have something that takes under one minute, just do it. But I'm gonna kind of expand on that just a little for some examples. With things that you notice that are repeats in your life that you keep hitting the snooze button on, Allow yourself to take movement in action there. The trickle effect happens and creates more motivation and movement than in other parts of life. But for example, some just common examples, if you have tea or coffee in the morning, wash the mug when you're done and put it away. It's a quick and easy one that you might do each day. When you get out of bed or wherever you're laying to sleep, make the bed or fold the blankets for where you were laying. When you get the mail, go through it when you get it. Instead of piling it up and piling it up, and now we have a whole big pile. Who wants to go through that? The one that I have been practicing over the past week has been related to my junk mail. I don't know where these things come from. I don't feel like I signed up for them, but I get like junk mail, not on my business account so much, thank goodness, but on my private email account. And I'll often just not open them and then they keep coming. So what I have now practiced is I open it and I hit unsubscribe. What? What stopped you from doing this all this time? Who knows? But wow, my junk mail is starting to get less and less. I've only been practicing it for a week. I still have quite a bit to go. The other area in relation to absorption, I guess I can give you a, a tool with that real quick too. Uh, I think I kind of covered some of the nonverbals. That was that other area. I don't want to just skip over it and not give you a tool, but I think I talked a little bit about the tools when I talked about it. So just openness of posture, just being aware of how we're presenting ourselves to others. Are we closed or open? I will sometimes when I'm talking with clients about this, we ref I refer to it as like a, you're in a screen in porch. 
And how are you in your connection with others? Do you have all the blinds down in the screen and porch, or maybe you have it like boarded up, you put boards over the screens so that no one can see in, or maybe you have it that it's screens so that people can see in, but there's no door for anyone to get in. Or maybe you have a door that people can come into. So you can kind of think like, what's your barriers? Are you all boarded up, completely closed? Do you, are you in some screens, letting some air through? People can kind of see you. Or do you also have an entrance? Or maybe you're outside. Maybe you're not even in a screen and porch. So that's where you can kind of think of nonverbal uh, areas there. So when we're thinking about absorption, I talked about the food aspect. And then again, you want to just think about all the things that you're absorbing through all of your senses. And then what does it do to self? Social media, commercialism, consumerism, those are big ones. Be mindful of how you're feeling after you're engaging in those things. You might be aware of how, I don't know how long ago it was, not long ago, a couple of years, how Facebook did a whole psychological experiment on us. You know, they, they control what we see. And so they had this whole experiment that they were doing, mind you, with none of our permission or telling any of us, of course, because, right, it was to manipulate our emotions intentionally. Emotions related to depression for some people, they intentionally messed with people's algorithms and information to make them more depressed. You think that stuff stopped? No, let me tell you, it didn't. Be mindful of what you're bringing in. Be mindful of algorithms, of commercialism, of what it's, what's being fed to you intentionally to manipulate how you feel about yourself. You know, you talk to someone about something and suddenly there's ads for the something. There's an article about the something. You think about something. That's even more interesting, right? And there it is. Oh, there's an ad. Be mindful of what you absorb and how it makes you feel. Because sometimes the things that are fed to you are done so in a way to try to make you feel. The more we slow down, the more we're aware. The more we're aware, the more we can move ourselves into where we're trying to be instead of where other things are maybe taking us. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope those tools are helpful for you and can continue to build upon the ones that we've been growing. I'll see you soon, my friends. Have a great day.